Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I want to talk about this morning unstuck in your purpose. Unstuck in your what? Tell your neighbor unstuck. Around 1999, Rick Warren wrote a book entitled The Purpose Driven Life. It went on to sell millions and millions of copies. There is something deep inside of us that we really want to know what our purpose is. There's an excerpt from his book. It says, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It is far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, then you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose for his purpose. The search for purpose of life has puzzled people for thousands of years. That's because we typically begin with the wrong starting point. We begin with ourselves. We we ask self-centered questions like, what do I want to be? What should I do with my life? What are my goals, my ambitions, my dreams, and my future? But by focusing on ourselves, we will never really reveal our life purposes. Isn't that something? Because you can't answer the question yourself. You must begin with God. Isn't that something? You must begin With God, your creator. You exist because God wills that you exist. You were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, your life will never make sense. I knew what I wanted to be coming up as a child, but by the time I became an adult, that didn't go the way I wanted to go. I've had many things that I felt like I could do, and I tried just about, how many had 17 jobs? (laughs) Amen. You done tried everything. Trying to find out where you fit in this universe. 
And some of us have given up on that purpose because now we're just paying bills. Do I have somebody? Do, do you feel like your life is, do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe life is, your life is falling apart and it's, it's, it's really not bad, but it seems like you could never get to the next level. It seems like, amen, every time you take a forward move, it seems like you get pulled right back to square one. Anybody been there? In this series, Unstuck, we'll focus on five practical areas, amen, of personal growth that will help you to get rid of the things that's holding you back so that you can become unstuck. I read a blog the other day. You know, you got to be careful where you get information from. Do you know that the average person today, if something is wrong, the first place they go to is Google? Do you know that? Do you know that if you, your head hurts, you, your symptoms, you go up there and you type it in, and then all of a sudden you become the doctor? Google becomes your guide. So I want to show you something. I did a search. I did a search. And, and, and I searched. This was my phrase. This was my phrase. If everyone has a purpose in life, why can't I find mine? And lo and behold, there was a forum with this exact phrase. I'm telling you, you can find anything on Google. Watch this. Here's what my findings came back with. Here was the response. And let me say this before I read this. Where you get your advice will shape you. Do you not know that the reason why some of us are stuck is because of the advice that we've been, we've been living by? By the, that, by the things that certain people told us about ourselves, about what you really believe about you? So this is what, this is what it says. It says, no, this, this is what it came back to. Nobody has a purpose in life. We are born to do whatever we like. On the other hand, a machine has a purpose because it was built to do something. Your toaster has a purpose and that is to toast bread. Your car has a purpose because it was built to carry people to one destination or another. All machines have purpose, but people don't. Duh. The question I have is, who made the toaster? Who made the car? Who made the machines and for what purpose? It had to be what? Somebody. Can you imagine, can you imagine Henry Ford? When he created the car, right? Can you imagine Einstein and can you imagine all these people, what they created? They were created for that purpose. And you were created for something greater than just getting up every morning and going to a job and contributing to their success and not finding out what your purpose is. Do I have anybody? Do I have anybody? Your purpose, God has it, 
But maybe you've been going to the wrong source to find out what you've been created for. We've all been created for something. He added at the end of his blog, P.S., don't listen to the religious people because they're crazy as a bat out of... Be yourself and there's no one looking down at you making judgments about how you live your life. Now, how many thousands of people have just given up on purpose because of this, this particular statement? You see, many of us are stuck because we have no clue what our purpose is. We have to live on purpose to find purpose. Watch this. We have to live a meaningful life. Now, let me, let me say this to you. I didn't set out to be no pastor. Okay? This was not a career for me. I love living in sin. I ain't going to lie to you. I love getting high and drunk and sex and all that. Kind. I love that stuff. Come on, say amen. amen. Y'all want to be religious today. I love driving drunk. Okay? I loved all that stuff. That was my plan, and I was having fun with heartburn and everything. Hangovers. Blood tests. Denying what was mine, what was nothing mine. Y'all ain't trying to hit me. I love that kind of life. Come on, let me see if I got some rebels in the house. I love that kind of stuff. But I thank God for saving me. Because what I didn't realize, I love to drink. But what I didn't realize, I was destroying my life. And when you're dead in your sins and you don't understand that you're dead in your sins, you will always think that what you're doing is right. In other words, we were dead people walking. But I came alive when I met Jesus. And I realized that those things that I was so in love with was not bringing me closer to my purpose. It was bringing me closer to the grave. Do I have anybody? Do I have anybody? Have you ever been to the doctor waiting for results and you don't know what was going to happen? And I'm not talking about no heart disease either. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I said I wasn't going to go here, but I went. Okay? And I'm saying this, and, and, and we thought that what we were doing was right. And we went and tried to contribute to society, but we wasn't doing no better than them. But until you came to Christ, how many of your eyes are open? Come on, somebody. You Listen, you see things differently today. I, oh, come on. Don't fool me now. I'm, I'm saying you see life differently. You're like, man, there's more to life than just all of this stuff things and stuff, right? And if you don't look at life like that, then there's something wrong with your glasses, with your lenses. 
Paul writes to this church, amen, in the book of Romans, he writes this because there were some Jews and Gentiles, there was some riff, there's always a riff going on. All through the Bible, every time there's a book, he's always writing to address some issue in church. Not the vision church, but it's a mother church. <laughs> you, you find what I'm saying? <laughs> All kinds of issues. And so he's, if you look at it, if you look at it, he, he writes to the Gentile, but, but he's talking to some Jewish people. But watch this, there was some, there was some people in the church who had thought that, well, because the Jewish people rejected God, we in, forget them. That's the mentality that sometimes we possess. I got minds, forget you. Come on, somebody. Paul says, no, nah, I don't work like that, bro. <laughs> Romans eleven fifteen. he says this. He says, if their rejection uh, is the reconciliation of the world, what would their acceptance be but life from the dead? Woo! Paul says, this whole chapter 11, he's dealing with the fact that even though the Jews have rejected Christ, there's still hope for them. Let me bring it closer to home. Even though you've rejected Christ, even though you have not lived as a believer all 2018, touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's hope for me. For I'm alive from the dead. Hope. See, this stuff that they're teaching us today, they're trying to convict us and make us feel bad. But God says, listen, they rejected, the Jews rejected me, but I'm still going to save them. But because they rejected me, you and I got in. Their rejection brought our acceptance. Oh, I thank God for Jesus. And you know what? God intended just to save them. But they rejected what he offered. And so here we are. We are adopted. If you read chapter 11, it tells you. See, see, here's the thing. Here's the reason why a lot of us don't understand our purpose. Because you don't know your identity in Christ. We don't know our true identity in Christ. So here's the thing. You, you and I are trying to go back to the world for acceptance. But guess what? They're going to always reject you. You know why? Because now you're light. And what happens to light when it goes in darkness? You, you think that they don't like you just because you talented and whatever the case. They don't like you because of who you represent. They don't like you because of who you are. Because you have a new nature. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. See, we make our lives more difficult because we're trying to fit into something. Fit into a place where we don't belong. We don't belong there. I tried to go back to the world. You know who tried to go back to the world? 
Peter. Watch this. Peter went back to the world after he denied Jesus three times. Before he denied Jesus three times, right? Watch this. He went back to the world, right? And this is what he was doing. He was warming himself, right, to the fire. And somebody looked at him and said, he kind of looked like one of them. He's like, no, mm -mm, not me. No, see, when God saves you, you look different. That's the first lesson in that. Second lesson is you can't go back to the world and hide. There's no cover for you. But here's the other point. Next time they kept, hey, hey, that, that's him. That's, no, 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 no. He's, this is what, this what, this what the girl said. You even sound like that. He said, then he, you know what he did? He cussed. He cussed to prove his point that he was no longer part of Jesus's, of Jesus's movement. Watch this. And that's what goes on with a lot of us. We go, listen, you want your purpose, but you'll never find it trying to fit in in the world. You'll never find it, watch this, trying to be something that God says, that's not you anymore. Are you with me? Watch this, watch this. He goes back. He goes back, right? And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the beauty of it, right? I want to help somebody with this. Watch this. You ready? What God did for you, you can't change it forever. It's done. You're in. You're born again. You're blood bought. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 of chapter 11, he says what? For the gift... I'm sorry, the gifts and the calling of who is what? Tell your neighbor, I'm stuck this way now. <laughs> and the reason why I can't get unstuck is because I'm trying to glue my life back to the old way. But you are a new creature. And until you understand your new nature, until you understand who's in you, until you understand the 133 things that has happened to you at salvation, until you understand that you're no longer what you used to be and what God has called you to do, he is not going to take it back. You know what a lot of us are struggling with? God. I want to find my purpose. And God says, listen, I, I, I called you for something. I called you to make a difference in this world. I called you to be a missionary. Uh-oh. I called you to go into corporate America and change the game. Do you know in MBA school, right, when you go to business school, do you know what they teach you first? They teach you theory, but they never teach you ethics. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Do you know that? They never, ethics is like 2%. They never teach you ethical things. And it's the same thing as a believer. As a believer, saints, you got to ask yourself a question. Who am I? God, why did you create me? Why did you save me, first of all? And then what did you save me to do? I'm stuck. 
I'm stuck because I'm trying to fit back in to what? To the world. But read 29, verse 29. Somebody need to read that again. Somebody need to get that in your spirit. For the what? For the gifts and the what? Of God is what? Is what? All right. Now let me liberate you real quick. Go to verse 36. It says, for from him and what? Through him. And what? To him or what? Uh-huh. Let me ask you a question. Who are you going to? I'm saying, who are you operating through? Watch this. He says, he says, to him be the what? The glory forever. Amen. And then we come, then we come to verse 1 of chapter 12. And before we go any further, I'm going to hang on the first word. What does he say? So the question is, how do I become unstuck? He says, therefore. Can I ask you a question? How many of you are? Put the point up first. You will always be stuck because of your ungratefulness. Always. And and, uh, watch this. I'm not ungrateful. Yes, you are. I'm not ungrateful. Yes, you are. You pray when you want to. Mm -hmm. You pray when you need something. When something go wrong, you, you, you have no devotions. Oh, why y'all got quiet like that? Hold on a minute. Don't do that to me, man. I'm the, I'm the lone wolf here. Hold on now. Hold on. Don't do that to me. Keep laughing. Keep talking. Shoot. <laughs> Amen. Watch this. Watch this. If you want to become unstuck, Start with your gratitude. The therefore tells me something. What the therefore tells me? I've been grafted in. The gifts and the callings of God is irrevocable. I can't change back to being a heathen as much as I try to go back to being a heathen. I can't do it because every time I go back to being a heathen, I fail at that. You ever try to go back to do something? Listen, you try to go back to selling drugs and you get you get arrested. <laughs> yeah. Y'all ain't trying to. You try to go back to conniving and stealing and 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 shadiness and every time you try shadiness, you get caught. Before you were cool. They they couldn't even find you. You were off the grid. You know why? Because you were just like them. But now you're light. Now you are the salt of the earth. Now you are a city set on a hill. You are different, baby. See, the problem is we lose our gratitude, saints. 
We stop being grateful. Watch this. The question is, am I grateful for the mercy that he's shown us? Many of us are grateful as long as it's good. Amen. As long as it's good. Oh, I'm I'm grateful. But from the moment it goes bad, you need to read James 1. James says, count it all joy. What do you mean? I'm going through, pastor. Count it all joy. Why? Because you're different. The reason we're stuck is because we are trying to live like we used to live. We want secular purpose rather than sacred service. You should have been a teacher by now. Oh, there you go again. I know when I hit the nerve. you, you, You should be singing in the choir by now. Come on, somebody. You should be up clapping your hands every now and then. Come on, somebody. Hey, man. Heard you got me? You with me, Heard? Amen. All right. Come on, man. Give him that elbow, man. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, amen. That's how I get them. But watch this. Can I ask you something? How grateful are you? Seriously, like, when does your gratefulness fade off? Do you know? Do you know when? When you start doing well, y'all. You start doing well again. And let me tell you something. The therefore statement of gratitude, listen, it's an opportunity for us to say, God, keep me grateful. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. But all you got to do is say, God, I repent of my ungratefulness. Because watch this. I got my right mind. You need a few things to be grateful for? Amen. I woke up this morning. Come on, come on, somebody. I got a reasonable portion of health and strength. Amen. I got food in the, in the refrigerator. Come on, somebody. I got a job I don't like, but I'm going anyway, so I get some money. Amen. Listen, life is not as bad as I think it is, but guess what? Am I grateful? But gratitude towards God is something, watch this, that's shown by action. It's like love. I love you, so I'm going to show you. He says, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, right? That's what he said. He says, I urge you. There's an urgency here. There's an urgency for gratitude. Watch what he says. He says, he says, but notice what he says. He says, therefore I urge you who? This is not from every, this is not for everybody because the word for brethren is the word Adolphus, which means womb. In other words, we have been delivered, born again from a different womb. I'm grateful just for that. Because like I told you, I love living in sin. It wasn't nothing that I really thought about like, oh, I'm going to stop today. But when I was born again, I realized something. Hallelujah. 
I got a new nature. I got a new DNA. Tell your neighbor, I got a second chance. Come on, somebody. I got a second. How many of you got a second chance? That God has given you a second chance. I, I, I don't know how to teach gratitude because gratitude is something that should come from a heart that says, God, I am so grateful for what you have done for me today. I'm not where I used to be. I don't go to places that I used to go. I don't want the things I used to want. Come on, somebody. And so today I'm grateful, but some of us, we still want that stuff. So I'm going to ask you again, are you from the same womb? Now, he says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your what? Now, the Bible has this thing about the body. Socks. The flesh. You know what really is most of our problem? this right here. The flesh and the members of our body. Our eyes, our hands, and our feet. (laughs) Your actual body. And so, in order to become unstuck, not only must you uh, start with gratitude, but the second thing is stewardship. You know, in Christian counseling, I tell people that I counsel all the time, I say, you know why you're depressed? Because you're a bad steward. I don't say it like that, just like that, but it depends on how bad off that. I'm just, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> Now, this is a Christian word. So let's talk about what a stewardship, what stewardship is. A steward is one who manages something. You with me? You know why a lot of us can't find our purpose? Because we think we own it. We think we own everything. But you're just a steward. He says, and this body that you have, you have to steward it. He says, I want you by the mercies of God, to present, watch this, your money, your what? Your bodies. Let me ask you a question. You want purpose, but you ain't handed in the right direction. You want purpose, but you ain't taking care of the temple. You want purpose, but you're not stewarding your money. You're not stewarding your time. You're not stewarding your treasures. Now, when I say steward, I mean manage it. Time management. A lot of us waste time. What are we doing? Facebook. Peek it in on everybody else's mess. And their theology, what they think is... That's time wasted. How many hours have you sat on the... Almost said it. Feet got numb. 
Come on, tell the truth there. Wake up in the morning, the first thing we pick up is our... Rather than pick up a word, we pick up the... But you want to find... You got to get serious about your purpose. And, 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 and doing so, you have to start with your stewardship. He says, present your bodies, your bodies. So, because everything works through this body. Your body. So, watch this. What you eat, what you drink, what you watch. Listen, some of you have been binge watching. Netflix. But can't get you to read five chapters of Genesis in the reading plan. Come on and say amen. I didn't think that stewardship had something to do with my purpose and why I'm stuck. But if I'm an unfaithful steward, why would God entrust anything else to me? Because as an unwise steward, God's not going to give you no more than what you have right now. Manager. Tell your neighbor, I'm a manager. Tell your neighbor, I manage things. I don't own anything. That house I live in is not mine. But I got to make sure, amen, I do my maintenance. Come on, somebody. Every now and then, I got to call the electrician. I got to call the plumber. I got to call some people just to come out, not when it's broken. But watch this, but to do what? The maintenance on it. That's what it means to be a good steward. I did not think that stewardship was linked to me being stuck, but it has everything with being stuck because he says present this body. So if you want to keep, you know, you know, Keep having a good time. Go ahead. But you're not giving God no time. Come on, somebody. Let me ask you something. Can I, can I ask you this? Let's, ask, let's, let's check your stewardship real quick. What are you doing for God? I know you're showing up. Go on to the next point, Pastor. Go on to the next point. Go on to the next Stay quiet. They got quiet. He said, present your bodies... Wait till I get to next week. Wait till I get to verse 2 next week. Okay, watch this. He says, shoot, look what he said. He said, a living and what? See, a lot of us struggle with that. Uh, But watch what he says. He says, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to who? I'm stuck. I'm pleasing everybody else. I'm pleasing my boss. Oh, I'm pleasing my spouse. I'm pleasing the world. Watch this. Watch this now. But I'm stuck. I'm still confused. I don't know what I'm here for. And I feel used. Come on, somebody. So not only is it your stewardship, but the third thing, and I'm going home. Oh. Oh, oh, 
explain to you what sacrifice means. This is the idea. First of all, you got to bring it to the altar. It has to die, but it has to be unblemished. A lot of us want purpose, but we won't sacrifice. We'll sacrifice, um, let me show you something. We'll sacrifice to uh, buy a better car. Right? So we'll, you know, we'll do, we'll double up on savings, whatever the case may be. We'll sacrifice to buy a new home. We'll sacrifice, put our kids through college. Mm -hmm. But what have we sacrificed for God? I want my purpose, but after you've sacrificed and gained all that stuff, you're still unsatisfied. They don't went to college. Oh, come on, help me somebody. Listen, uh, you got the car. But there's still a what? A void. My purpose. Sacrifice without surrender will never work. He says, I want you to bring it as a living So in other words, I have to live a certain kind of way in order to understand that God is going to reveal things to me. I don't have to be perfect, okay? So hold on a minute. But I got to be able to what? Sacrifice? Can I ask you a question? What are you willing to sacrifice for your purpose? You got to deny the flesh. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing, are you willing to surrender to be unstuck? Because God says right now you're living for you. Right now it's all about you. It's all about what you want. It's all about your life. But have you really surrendered your mind? I'm stuck, Pastor. I'm stuck. I don't understand my purpose. Have you sacrificed anything so that have you fasted? Come on, somebody. Have you have you pledged as a single person that you're going to be pure? Come on, somebody. As a married person, you're going to make sure that your marriage is healthy. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Are you going to live for God? Are you going to serve Him? He says, Paul says, your purpose is so tied to your ability to sacrifice, you got to sacrifice your whole life to God so that you can accomplish your purpose. The reason a lot of us don't know our purpose is because we haven't really sacrificed anything. And especially our lives. Rick Warren, that's what he talks about. If you read the whole book, I'll give you the cliff note version, okay? He says, it's all about God. It's not about you. But a lot of us struggle with the sacrifice, y'all. 
A lot of us struggle with this. Watch this. Watch this. He says, a holy and living sacrifice, acceptable God, watch what he says. He says, which is your spiritual service of what? So the next thing is this. You have to stay consistent with your worship and service. You can't hit and miss. Listen, I, people say, oh, well, I, I, you're so driven. I'll tell you why I'm driven. You know why I'm driven? I've learned how to sacrifice my life and stop making everything about me. And I start making it all about him. God, here's my hands. Here's my life. Let me ask you something. If you were to really surrender today, right, what would happen to you? What do you think would happen to you? What would really happen to you today? What if you were to stay consistent for 12 months in your worship? But let me move you one step further. And what if you found your place in the kingdom and you start serving him? What do you think is going to, oh, you're going to lose time with your kids? You're going to lose time with your family members? What will you give up to gain your purpose? How bad do you want it? Or you can go through 2019 stuck like 2018. Consistency is the key. He says, which is your spiritual service of worship? How can you expect to find your purpose when you don't serve or celebrate consistently? Saints, I want to tell you something. The greatest thing you'll ever do with your life is to serve God. Come on, say amen, y'all. Y'all, y'all zoned out on me. I understand. You're thinking. I get it. I understand. I know what you're doing. You're processing. I got it. You're processing this because this is not a, whoo, yeah, whoo, whoo. This is dag. I'm missing the mark big time. I get it. But can I ask you something? That stronghold that you got that's working in your mind right now, man, is he asking me to give up? I got to give up some stuff? Hey, I'm not asking you to do nothing. I'm saying to you, if you want to stay stuck, keep doing it the way you're doing it. But if you want to be free, here it is. Listen to this. Uh, Lord Jesus worship without service is not worship as you serve God you will be you know when I discovered my purpose you want to really know when I discovered my purpose when I started working in the tape ministry you know how long that been the tape ministry 
started working in the tape ministry. They asked me to oversee the tape ministry. So what did I do? I got the tape ministry. I went in there and I found out that I, w- I was an entrepreneur, okay, ever since. I restructured the whole tape ministry and got them, moved them to CDs. Start making labels and stuff like that, right? I'm in church, right? And I'm like, yeah. Then my pastor came to me and he said, this, I'm showing you something. Watch this. My purpose. Watch this. I never forget this. When I was in, you know, when I was in junior high, I said, you know what? My, my teacher asked, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a computer programmer. But my English teacher told me, you ought not to go to college because you're not college material, so you might as well just go get a job. Okay, so I took that route. But here I am. I got saved at 25 years old. Watch this. People wonder, why are you so driven, Pat? Let me show you why. They put me in the tape ministry. I'm just grateful to be saved. Okay, I seriously, I was like, man, I was just grateful to be saved. Where you want me? They had to get rid of it. Like, man, why does this guy keep coming around the church? Now, that was strange because they, they didn't understand that. But I could not stay away from the church. Watch this. Tape. We moved to CDs. And then my pastor came and said, hey, man, we need a website for the church. I said, I do it. Took me six months. I went on the internet, man. I started. I I self-taught myself by way of the Holy Spirit. And in six months, we had a website. Fast forward the story. Then, from that one website, my pastor started referring me to other people, and before you know it. Another six months to a year later, I done started a business. Building websites for the kingdom. I found my purpose. My purpose was to promote the kingdom of God. Here it is, 20 years later, we still got the business. And now my daughter is now helping other churches do what I was doing when I started. You want to know your purpose? Surrender and serve. And God will begin to open it up for you. He begin to show you, this is what I always had for you. Real estate, you can do kingdom real estate. You understand what I'm saying? Whatever business opportunities, whatever, whatever career, whatever it is, but it's all linked back to the what? To the kingdom. Because now you have a kingdom agenda. That's how you become unstuck. You know, um, a dinner plate left overnight, faith, will be hard to clean in the morning. (laughs) 
An alternative to scrubbing is soaking the dish in hot water and dishwashing liquids, faith. Letting a dish abide in the solution will allow a hard cleaning job to become a lot easier. That is what abiding does for Christians. We are much easier to clean up when we've been hanging out in the right environment. Religion says scrape off the dirt. It tells us to apply elbow grease to fix the problem. But relationship says soak. Just sit in the hot water for a while. Abide and you will be set free. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. You know, you, you don't know, y'all, as the pastor, how much, how much I love y'all. And I want so much for you when you walk out these doors to just experience just a piece of what I've experienced. But I'm telling you the truth. These points are where it started with me. I surrendered. I did. I said, God, okay. All right. Was it tough at first? You, Man, listen. I didn't think I was going to make it. Some of those mean people in church. I'm like, dang, these people are mean. They mistreated me and all that, but guess what? I stood in there. You know, I didn't have my feelings on my shoulder all the time. I wasn't, you know, because that's what the devil does. He causes us to be all overly sensitive in church. But God made me tough. I hung in there. And if I can impart what God has put in me in you, that my living is not in vain. I want you to get this. That you can serve God and live the best life you've ever I promise you. No, no, no hoops to jump through. No, all that stuff. No, just applying stewardship sacrifice, surrender, gratitude, and you on your way. And if you're here today and you're ready to be unstuck, I want to give you this opportunity to come today and get your life back.